Hello and welcome to the Mighty 90s Movie and TV Podcast. I'm Simon and tonight I'm honoured to be joined by everyone's favourite 90s bully (laughs) and continue to be a bully in many aspects, only fictional. I'm joined by Scott A.B. Cordell. Thank you so much for joining me. How are you, Scott? I'm great. I'm great. Thank you. Pleasure is all mine, man. How are you doing, Simon? Very good. Very good. Um, awesome, this is awesome. again. This is very surreal for me. I mean, we were just saying before <laughs> we record, we were recording, but this movie was like my Godfather, like my Rocky as a kid. And uh, you know, to be speaking to you is, uh, yeah, is is amazing. I mean, but before we get to any of that stuff, if we take, hey, it- forget about it. I forget about it. <laughs> forget about it. Oh. <laughs> exactly and mix in rocky colton tum tum and there we have it but <laughs> if we were to take it all the way back um like how did you first get into into acting performing music like what, what where did the inception come from um okay way back back in the time that would be what i'm like eight nine years old somewhere around there um I started as a dancer. My my mom used to take me to the Elks Club. <laughs> and the Elks Club is, you know, uh, it's, it's the place, uh, a membership of families that they gather and they have dinners. And, and so at this Elks Club, they had a band. And I would, I would be, at that moment, I was forced, you know, in my head, I'm thinking, I'm for, I don't want to dance, I don't want to. But my grandfather used to, used to, make me go on <laughs> on the dance floor and do my thing and whatever and my mom kept hearing from you know the other patrons like hey your son is you know super talented dancing does he ever think about getting them in the in the business and whatever and whatever whatever right that type of thing so so basically um my mom looked up different dance studios up in hollywood area and we're talking now we're talking like 1991 I was I was a youngster <laughs> and uh it was it 91 yeah about 90-91 and um so we find this this dance studio Regina's and at the time Regina's was the hot spot it, I mean uh, it was teachers dance teachers from like Madonna's Blonde Ambition tour so so basically you know at that at that dance studio they were like you know the the, the hottest choreographers and the dancers that were on tour like actual tour guys from MC Hammer you know, where they're teaching and all this stuff. And I stuck out like a sore thumb. You know, this was, <laughs> this was before uh, being, uh, being a white kid and doing, doing a hip hop style influence was popular. You know what I mean? This was before that. So it was, it was an interesting thing for one that I stuck out like a sore thumb because I was, I was the only white kid. <laughs> but then for two, um, the love, and the appreciation that like it was the shock like whoa this kid like wow you know that type of thing so it was interesting so it was cool and then from there the owner of the dance studio actually let my mom know about um an audition for a feature film called newsies and you know we all know newsies now as the big tony award-winning play and all that stuff but it started off as a film with a little actor you may know him Christian Bale, you know what I mean? <laughs> and so, you know, it was, it was interesting. There was, I think there was six or seven of us kids only. I mean, and you got to understand, like when they, when they do these dance auditions, it's cattle call. I mean, I'm talking lines around the corner because you're working with Kenny Ortega, you know, some of the guys that did the music were guys that did these, these 
super popular uh, Disney uh, soundtracks and stuff like that. So it was this big thing. You know, they knew that that Anne Margaret was a part of it, and Anne Margaret obviously is Anne Margaret. You know, and there was just a lot of buzz around this film. You know, and we were supposed to bring back the musical. So um, anyway, so so I show up. You know, and my whole style, I was I was MC Hammer pants. I was a King's jacket. I was patent leather shoes with rubber bands for the laces. Like I was, like I said, stuck out like a sore thumb. <laughs> and, you know, I ended up completing the audition and leaving, you know, not thinking anything of it at all. Zero. Like I wasn't, you know, and, and this was all new to me. This was the first audition I've ever been on, you know, and it was just like a whim type thing. And, you know, a month later I get a phone call saying that I'm one of the, the, the kids chosen for, for, to be a, a featured dancer for the film. And, and like I said, there was only, there was only, let me see, Dave, uh, DJ, me, Brian, um, oh, there was six or seven of us only six. There were six of us kid dancers out of hundreds that auditioned. So, you know, when I was at the audition, I, I was like, no, it's impossible. There's no way. All these kids that are trained doing twirls and spins and leaps and jumps and all this stuff. And, and I'm just a hip hop dancer. Like, I know nothing about any of that stuff, not trained whatsoever. So anyway, I get that phone call. I end up getting booked and I'm on set. I'm rehearsing four months or three and a half months and shooting three and a half months on this major budget film that was shot at Universal Backlot. And that's kind of where I got my start. And I had no agent. I had no, I mean, Kenny Ortega, we know Kenny Ortega now is tons of things, you know what I mean? And back then he, um, he had a, a few different credits under his belt with Dirty Dancing and a couple other things. But since then, obviously High School Musical and, and all of the Michael Jackson tours and all that stuff, I mean, other movies, you know, Hocus Pocus, you know, there's tons of stuff that he's done, but at the time, you know what I mean? And, and so anyway, it was just, it was just very interesting. And I'm on set with all these adults, all all these, you know, and I'm in school, Jaleel White from Family Matters, his teacher was, was our teacher. Like, it, it was just an interesting thing on how that all came to be. And, you know, still to this day, one of the best times of my life, not just of my life, but experience working in, in, in the profession, the camaraderie that everybody had, the, the relationships that we all built. I still have a relationship with, with what? probably 10 or more people that I worked with, like a good relationship, like Brian Friedman. We know Brian Friedman from, from Britney Spears and, and X Factor and all that stuff, the creative director. My buddy OG, who I'm actually producing his first record, finally. Um, but OG's, OG's the voice of Miles Morales, and he's a huge voiceover guy and, you know, some of these other guys anyway, but we're still friends, you know what I mean? And, and that's what was built you know, when, uh, when we did this project. Amazing. I mean, it's, and it's such a, uh, iconic like movie as well, like from, from that period of time, like one, like free ninjas that continues to have a life, you know, forever. So yeah, yeah it's amazing. Well, the, the, the cool thing, like the, I'll just tell you like a little backstory of like some of the stuff that the kids used to do on set. There wasn't, like I said, there was a, a few of us and we weren't always used but we had to be on set because we were the featured featured dancers and we threw out the movie. So they, we had, you know, and um, <laughs> we were at universal studios, the back lot. So they had that tram go by. I don't know. Have you ever been out to, to the States? And been- yeah. Yeah. I love universal. Studios. It's like my happy okay. place. 
Okay, perfect. So right before King Kong, old New York Street, that's where we shot it. So we would we would hop on the back of the trams <laughs> and go through King Kong and jump off. And in the middle of King Kong, you would hear the, the driver, um, okay, guys, uh, do not be alarmed. We have Newsy dancers. They're shooting a film. Newsy dancers are on the back. They're, they're not strangers. They're not hoodlums. They are actually workers in a film. And because we would hang off the backside, like it was, you shouldn't do it. I'm not saying go and do that, but it was just, and we never got in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't, we never got in trouble. But anyway, it was, it was, it was, it was such a fun time. And, and then, you know, fast forward the the movie was a big flop in the theater it was a big flop because you know now you look at it and you see tons of musicals and you see you know people you know um just enjoying the the essence of what a musical is but at the time you know everything in this industry is on timing you know and it was it was ahead of its time you know and so uh because it was such a great um soundtrack and and story which was based loosely based off of a true story by the way um it was picked up as we know now for broadway so that brought a whole new life it had an underground cult following but that brought a whole new life to the film because of the success of the play and so um i want to say what was this about five years ago now they invited us to the actual cast of the movie to the el capitan theater um, in Hollywood. And at the time, um, at, um, I want to say the Palladium, it's not the Palladium. Um, oh, what's the name of that theater? But, um, anyway, so they basically, we went and had a screening of the movie of kind of just get together type thing. And, um, after the movie, they raised the screen and there was the cast of the play. No way. Which was super cool. My yeah, it was colliding. super cool. And so, and so it was a really cool photo op, like everybody that was on, you know, that was in the film, you know, got upstairs and we, we met and intermingled and, you know, took photos and shook hands and all that stuff. And so that was super cool. But um, but anyway, so fast forward from um, I'm long winded, if you couldn't tell. So. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. So good. He was like, I just got to edit. I'm good. Um, uh, <laughs> um and then, so from there, I was agentless. I had no agent, no manager, no nothing. This is my first, you know, job ever. And so at the time, um, Judy Savage was like the agent for kids. I mean, she had the Full House girl. She had the Olsen twins. She had Leonardo DiCaprio. She had Edward Furlong. She had, I mean, she had the list of people. She even had Aaron Lore, who's another one of your, Aaron was actually in Newsies as well. Um, Aaron Lore played played much, but Aaron is, is there. You go, yeah. So, um, so I we had the same agent, and so anyway, she came because I I don't know whatever relationship the casting had. Maybe it was because of Aaron. I don't know. I'll call him up and find out. I don't know. It's, it's <laughs> interesting. I just thought about that right now. But anyway, um, so she comes out to watch me do my thing, and um, liked what I did. And so I ended up signing with her. And one of my first auditions for her was Three Ninjas. You like that segue? Oh, perfect segue. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> professional. I loved it. <laughs> was Three Ninjas. And, um, you know, and at the time, I'm a kid. I love being around the, the creatives. And I wasn't thinking anything of it. Like, you know, 
you don't get tainted in your mind until you get the concept of of bills <laughs> and money about the industry you know what i mean you, everything is just fun and play and you get to you get to you know be around like-minded kids like for once in your life you're not the oddball you know everybody is like you like everyone's crazy and super outgoing and energy and and they sing oh you sing i sing you dance i dance oh yeah it's it just a really nice feeling you know what i mean to have that and so audition i book it show up on the set and here's a here's a spoiler alert had no idea that it was double cast we had no idea my agent didn't know my mom didn't know i didn't know i didn't care frankly but right, hang on hang on sorry what what do you mean okay. by double cast you mean that, uh, that, that here we go <laughs> you mean that you and behar were meant to play the same character or and then they made two is that what you mean that's exactly what i mean neither one of us knew that it was double cast ah. so they both so when we show up on set and i didn't go into it i remember um having a conversation like briefly with, with, with Beha, like, you know, cause we're, we're like going over lines and stuff. And, and, and I was like, Oh, I thought that was line. And he was like, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm this guy. You're this guy. You know, it was just interesting. Like that type of thing, like just briefly. And, and I was like, this is strange. You know? And I remember going out and talking to my mom and saying, Hey mom, do, this is split. Like, I don't have to. And then I'm thinking like, this is wonderful. I don't have to remember all the lines. Like, I'm like, yes, I, I'm only going to do these few lines and he's going to do those. Like, this is great, you know, and because I don't know any better, you know? And so anyway, <laughs> so um, I guess my mom gets on the phone, calls the agent, you know, um, this is after the fact. Um, and um she says, no, you never do that. You never do that. If there's a problem, they didn't let us know if there's a problem, I would actually call production and we would work it out because they didn't let us know about any of this. And, you know, Scott shouldn't have done this and da, 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 any, the business part of it all. And I'm telling my mom, just, I don't care. This is fine. Like, who cares? Who cares? Who cares? So the, I don't know exactly how it happened. Cause then again, this is 30 years ago, but there was some communication between production and, um, myself and my mom and they said don't worry we owe you one and I'm like uh, okay whatever like you know again kid don't care I'm set out of school I'm loving life doesn't matter <laughs> you know what I mean? owe me one or not owe me one I'm still good you know <laughs> and so um and so basically we shot everything was was done and then I, I caught the Beha one and the, and the Kate uh, podcast already so you guys your followers are already in tune with the double ending and all that stuff and so mm -hmm. they know about that um but that was a shocker to us as, to me as well as it was to them like when we go to the premiere and we're watching the movie we're like wait uh this is weird you know what i mean and then being older you see the political climate that we were in back then and it makes complete sense you know what i mean because I don't think this film would have had legs like it has had they left that in at that time, because this industry is all about timing, you know, and, and, and if you're putting something out there that is that the people are already, um, you know, it, it raises the hair, the, the back of the hair, you know, the hair on the back of their necks up and they're, and they're alert about it. They're, they're going to let you know by not supporting the film. 
you know, it could have been the biggest flop and how dare them put this, you know, this African-American kid and get beat up by these white kids. Like it could have been something like that. So very, very smart and kudos to, you know, production for seeing that ahead of time. And I, you know, watching the Beha one, Beha was like, I don't, you know, like what, it made no difference to me. And of course me, I, you know, I made no difference to me neither. Like, it's like, you know, we're kids. We don't know any better. You know what I mean? But so anyway, so, um, so yeah, so film, film was done. Everything's great. I go back to school, ended up booking a commercial in between there, um, a, a, a suave deodorant commercial where I was a baseball dude, of course, because <laughs> they typecast you too, mind you, they typecast you. So um, I get a phone call and I'm in, now I'm in like, I think going into the 10th grade, I'm going into the 10th grade. When I did Newsies, take it back slightly, I was in the eighth grade. So I lost my whole eighth grade year of schooling and then portion of the ninth grade shooting the three ninjas. And then going into 10th grade is when they called me for um, the favor. Uh, and they said, Hey, this is, you know, I, I believe it was Martha, Martha who called the, the executive and she said, hi, you know, um, that favor that we owe you, we'd like to recast you as the bully. We're doing part two, which was part three. And you yeah. guys already know all that information too. <laughs> so I can't give you any more of that. But um, so we're, we're going to recast you, you know, um, we're going to give you a name, Darren. And, um, you know, we'd love to have you back. And I was like, uh, okay, cool. You know what I mean? And I'm like, sweet, <laughs> more time out of school this rocks <laughs> and, and it was a so bigger part in that one as well right like as in not i mean it was a big part in free ninjas but you had like maybe a bit more to do in in kickback right yeah because i was the only one they didn't double cast that one right right so um yeah so and then then, then kickback comes about and 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 there you go they return the favor which by the way as I've been in the industry for, for 30 years. Um, wait, how can I be in the industry 30 years? I'm only 30. That makes no sense. <laughs> eh, <let me> <laughs> um, so th- th- they rarely, it, I hate to say it, but this is the honest truth. They rarely hold their word. They do. They say what they need to say at that point in time to get you to do what it is that they want you to do. And, you know, so for that, kudos to Shing Productions for coming back and holding their word and, um, you know, and, and doing what they said they were going to do. Because that, that was awesome. And like I said, at the time, I didn't, I wasn't thinking anything of it. Like I wasn't, I wasn't angry on the set of the first three ninjas that, that you know it was double cast and blah 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 blah. Da, da. Me and Beha were friends after the fact. Like you know, he took me to the set of Poetic Justice and we met Jenna Jackson. Like I heard some of her new music. Um, you know, uh, she had a song with Luther Vandross, and we we're sitting in a Mercedes listening to the new music. And like you know, we remained friends there for 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 a while after after the shoot. And you know, on set, him and I re- related to each other you know, a lot, you know, I, the culture, it was the culture, you know, I was, I was into, you know, hip hop and R&B and, you know, he was into the same music. We had the same lingo. That's why I think on screen, you see the chemistry. It kind of just, it made sense. Like we weren't faking that we're trying to be friends. Like, 
okay, these guys can actually be friends. You know what I mean? So it 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 works. You know, so kudos to to casting double casting. It it just opened up, you know, variety for 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 the viewer. You know what I mean? So what I didn't that? DM it. So that's how that happened. And then three three ninjas kickback comes comes around and. And then I get beat up by a girl at the end, and and then my life changes at high school forever. <laughs> it was Wait, the worst. On. Wait, oh, hang on, hang God, on a second. That, the, you're yeah. drop, you're dropping gems. <laughs> let me just let's go back a little bit. The uh, you're so right. The the chemistry between you and Behar is is perfect, and even down to you both are wearing such perfect like 90s clothing as well which is fully in style again but like by the way like everything you were wearing in those scenes and then you like you said the the ending change so rightly so again like like you said um those are our clothes actually I don't know if you knew this Simon I'm sorry I didn't mean to cut you off but those mm -hmm. are like that jacket the bomber jacket that I'm wearing was my jacket no way. The, the 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 Los Angeles jersey was my jersey. Those pants were mine. The boots were mine. There was it was all like I'm pretty sure it was Beha's clothes as well. He just showed up and was like, "This is me." You know what I mean? So I mean, you know, Beha was on cloud nine. You know what I mean? At that moment, he had that big film. Like you know, so we, that was real. Like that was that was actually us. Like so, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead, but. No, not at all. Yeah, I I love that. That's even better. I mean, did did you keep the clothes? You must have kept them. You did. Well, I outgrew them. I, of course, I didn't really. We didn't know. I didn't know this was going to be an iconic film like that. I would have, you know, folded the clothes up and put them in a in a little like kind of what you have in your office back there. I didn't know. I would have given it to you had I known that. I definitely would have just <laughs> melted off to London and said, "Here you go, man. Thanks for support." You know, uh, actually, I do have something that I'm going to give you that, that I think you're going to be stoked about. I've held on to it. I'm not going to tell you what it is until you get it. <laughs> okay. Well, what it that, is. I think well, you're going to dig because I can see that you, you're memorabilia, that, dude. Yeah, they're not hit. Do you know, that's funny. So, yeah, they're normally I have... Um, I have some of the Mighty Ducks jerseys that are from the movies, but they're currently being reframed. I'm getting the colors uh, changed, but... Uh, this is the stuff that I that I live on. Like I love all of that. So uh yeah, that's awesome that that you that you kept some stuff. If you ever sent me anything, I think I'd die. So that's um that would yeah. yeah well, no, I mean, I'm going to. I'm going to. Now I mean I I I will. I will definitely send you something. And I think when you get it, you're gonna be like, what in the world? Are you kidding me? And mind you, it's the only one. It was it's it's my memorabilia that I that I kept, but I'm gonna pay it forward and give it to you i mean you're, you're keeping this movie alive and this was your childhood and you said it was your favorite and you're a super fan man you 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 deserve it it's yours wow it's I, yours. <laughs> I, overwhelmed thank you so much that's so kind i will i will send you something in return I'd, perfect of, sounds uh, great something. <laughs> I will, yeah thank you that sounds great man well, so Wait, go back though. You were saying you were saying it's cool the way you could see the chemistry on you were, and then I cut you off on Ford. I'm sorry. No, not at all. Uh, yeah, the chemistry is is perfect. And then, like you said, so the ending changed rightfully so, and uh, for, you know for all of the reasons that 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 we know. So yeah, definitely a smart move. Um, and but the basketball game changes. So. Um, <laughs> you know they 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 win so that uh you know right. they they have the bikes and whatever 
but I mean, within that, there's there's the two cuts of the movies anyway. So like the the basketball game is like a bit more physical in in the other cut. I mean, were you uh, did you play basketball like when when you were that age? Like, did you do your own? I know mainly you were like sort of on defense, but you know, was that was that all your stuff? You didn't have to have like a double or anything. Yeah, no, man. Now now with that basketball game, man, I got flack and just it was horrible because yes I did play ball and I played ball with a group of guys and we were good and we used to play you know tournaments with each other and you know we go down to the elementary schools because they were lower rims and you'd be able to dunk on them and yes no I played ball and so in that scene I get thrashed by somebody (laughs) and look Max I love you to death Michael love you guys to death what no they couldn't play okay i'm gonna drop some gems <laughs> no they couldn't play and and there was an actual stunt double for max when i push him that wasn't max it was a stunt double obviously i mean i mean here's the thing i was probably five six years older than those guys you know um so i was i was just going into i was finishing my junior high school going into high school and you know i just yeah. So there you go. So it was, it was, uh, it was a downplay. It was a downplay for sure. Um, thank you for saying it looked real because I did my best. <laughs> Part in, in the basketball scene where uh, Colt Max's character, he sort of steps to you, like, uh, you know, as if he's going to fight and then he takes the ball and um, you know, with all due respect to to him and to the martial arts and everything, it, it the, just the stature it looks like that you would have absolutely killed him <laughs> you can kind of see the, the i don't know that's kind of the point is where it's more of a a miraculous thing when they win eventually well actually here's a question so the like uh rocky does like the amazing sort of gravity defying the michael of... jordan from the free throw line that's where they got it from yep right um which is perfect 90s it's it's, it's oh, brilliant it, it was it. great it's great the kids were like oh my god it jumped from the free throw line ah! <laughs> <laughs> and you did it too i'm sure oh my god he took on over you know so it's, they, they 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 knew what they're doing well i mean so that originally it was all going to be planned in and then they they still lose anyway right because they gave they gave you a 9 point lead which is insane this is crazy tactics right 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 yeah no exactly exactly that um i'm trying to remember exactly yeah because nobody really touched on that let me go back in my head and figure this out um i don't remember if it was bayon that scored the 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 basket or i scored the basket but it's out now so you can tell me because i don't recall yeah who who scored the point do you know the fit? Uh, I'm not a hundred percent. I could bring it up, but I because I have that copy now. But I've only seen that version okay. like two or three times. Where I've seen because I didn't even know it existed. Where I'd seen the original version, I must have seen it like thirty, forty times. Right. Like it was. I right. literally I used to take it to school with me in my in my like backpack to <laughs> to to just travel I around with it. it. But uh, that's a good, interesting question. I mean, that's awesome. How many times do you think you have seen that movie? Um, okay, I'm not going to lie. 
when it was in the theater and I was going to the movies, I was a movie buff too. Like I love to go to the movies and, you know, it was just something that we did. Um, I would, I would go into the theater every time I was in the movie theater to see what scene was on. <laughs> I definitely would go in to see. And, and I will say at, uh, there was one, there was one time, particular time I, I remember, um, I walked down the aisle and I sat down and it was, it was like right before the, the, the basketball scene was about to start. And I sat down and I remember sitting down and then after the scene was, was over, I got up and I left and there was this, <laughs> there were these two little girls that were sitting on the opposite side and they looked at me and they were like, <laughs> I just ran out and I went into the original movie that I went to go see at the time. But like, I did. I went in there every time I was in the movie theater, but uh, full watched it full. I, I I would say maybe I don't know, dude. Like maybe over the course of thirty years, maybe ten. I would say that sounds like a good number. Spanish. That's, That's somewhere in there. It's, it's a solid than, number, right? It's less than Kate's. Kate's was it? She reckoned about a hundred, maybe. Um, uh, well, but you know what Kate had her, you know, she had a bigger role and she was throughout and she probably, she was into the store. You know what I mean? It was different. And yeah. I got a funny story about Kate too. And she, I was, I was watching her podcast and I was like, I wonder if she's going to bring it up, but she didn't, but I'll tell you about that. Okay. We can finish talking about this one and then I could tell you the Kate story. <laughs> okay, great. Well, um, well, yeah, I mean the, so, so you have, you have all of that um and then the, the so the scene that that uh was was cut is on youtube if people are interested i mean it is interesting to watch and i mean the thing is is it's it's innocent in its approach like there's nothing right. about you know about race in it it's just right. something that happens at the end and it's sort of given the bullies the the sort of comeuppance but obviously to to look at it and to have you know the only black person in the cast pretty much uh i think there uh well no the detective the detectives uh, yeah, yeah yeah but i mean you know pretty much and uh yeah. so it obviously it it looks bad um but that the scene is on youtube and uh, i think it's got like half a million views or something if oh, does it <laughs> <laughs> um but it's it's um it's a good it, it's really good i mean you're kind you're holding kate actually in yeah, it, I'm like holding, holding her, yeah. a hostage <laughs> um, yeah right exactly was was that part like fun to shoot because then Behar was saying it was like he liked that scene because it was like had the choreography in it and everything yeah no it was cool um I don't know why that that I didn't get struck by somebody and see at the time too I was I already had training I had stunt training and fight training because I did that in Newsies and Mike Vendrell was one of the top guys so I I was actually you know I was in it like I knew stunt coordinating like I, I knew what was going on and so it was interesting that they didn't utilize me like that but um it, it yeah it was a fun shoot but like you said I was standing there holding Kate and May, I was May, I was getting worked I didn't I didn't get a chance to get in with the fun but yeah I'm fighting and stuff like that is super fun oh and here's another one the guy um the guy that comes out of the house with the trash can in a scene where it's a separate scene but he's riding by um who is it? The kids ride by and sort of startle him. I think right? it's Rocky riding by and there's a guy with a trash bag. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, and then he goes like this to try to get out of the way of the trash bag, and the trash bag goes all over the place. That's mm-hmm. the stunt coordinator. Uh-huh. That was the stunt coordinator. <laughs> yeah, that was him. So, but do you know the- they, they always throw themselves in the in the in the movies, dude? The, the the stunt coordinators or stunt guys, like they always find a way to have like a scene or two, which is as they should. You know what I mean? That's awesome. So, but yeah, he was the he was the stunt coordinator. I wish I would have been able the chance to to engage and had some some combat. That would have been fun, <laughs> you, you know. Should, but you should have been kicked or hit, like in the nicest possible right, way. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you do yeah, get that. I deserved the... it, man. I deserve. I pushed him. You did, and that's a nasty that? push as I well. I was just saying, I pushed. I pushed. Yeah, dude. But he was the stunt guy, so he told me to push him. He told me, he was like, he goes, push me, man. Push me. Push me for real. Push me. And there was a mat underneath it. I got a picture I'll post on my Insta, but there was a, um, there was a mat there, like a gymnastics mat. And, you know, he, he jumped off of an apple block, which is like, you know, a, like, a, like, a, like a stool type thing that we use. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so it made it look like it was like this big thing because he's a stunt guy. And that's, that's what he does. And so, but I did push him. I did throw him, you know pretty hard and and it, and it allowed him to kind of <laughs> fall down that, but yeah, yeah. No, that wasn't max that was that was the stunt that was his stunt double no that was so. um it is like a nasty fall like it's sort of like a, oh that's a bit because the the whole movie even the the version that that did get released that is a bit more like kid friendly is still like the uh, a kid movie that would never exist now it's the same like when they did the the 1990 version of like teenage mutant ninja turtles where it's like super dark and uh but but done it's for kids but it's uh but everyone enjoys it and it's got more it's more drama to it which i think is what makes these movies more special because they don't exist anymore so it's the only way to get them is to is to go back and then it's before cancel culture it was before cancel culture. Like you can't say anything without somebody's, oh, this guy said, this guy said. But that's just, that's, you know, and maybe I'm about to get canceled. Who knows? You know, what's crazy to me is, you know, we're kids and we knew nothing about what was going on, you know, and then when we grow up, we know nothing about what's going on. I didn't know that somebody was a different race than me i i only believe in one race the human race i believe in one color it's green if you have green which signifies money you will be in this group of people okay and that's the bottom line in my opinion my humble opinion you can bash me hate me do what you want that's my opinion okay but it's like we don't know anything until we're told or we're taught you know, and so like, for instance, when Beha was saying, you know, on your podcast, like, man, I didn't know no dip, like, whatever, because that's, that's real. We don't know, like, he was my boy, I was his boy, we were friends, everybody, you know, it's like, I didn't know that I was the only white kid. I had no idea until somebody pointed it out that I was the only white kid. You, you see what I'm saying? So it's like, unfortunately, th- these days, you know what? I'm going to stop because I don't want to go super political and I, and that's not my, my stilo for this particular podcast. So I'm not going to go there, but, um, but yeah, but anyway, but that was like kind of my, my two cents on that. Like, you know, if, if we would just stop instilling fear into people, you know, and, 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 and 
all, all of that, you know, you'd be able to, to live as an adult with a childlike heart, which is what we're meant to do anyway. And I think that's why there's so many things going on in this world today is that we have lost that connect, that connectivity to, to who we actually are. You know what I mean? And, and we've become these disgruntled adults with unresolved childish issues, you know, instead of playful and, and joyous kids and, 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 and enjoying a human experience, you know, which is what you just stated about the movies that you guys grew up on. You see all these cancel culture movies, they want to cancel everything, cancel Greece, cancel this, cancel that, cancel this. It's like, what? what? You know, <laughs> it makes no sense to me. I'm just glad they didn't come after three ninjas. I don't know, you know, maybe I hope they don't, but I'm just saying, you know what I mean? Anything is possible, especially, you know, nowadays. But I, um, I, think I, I agree with you, man. I think there's part, there's parts of, yeah, I think there's parts of like, things sit in a certain time period like like say Greece for example like Greece is a classic movie that is beloved by everyone but I'm sure there are parts that are wrong with it like if they were to shoot it now they would shoot it differently but it exists then you know so we can enjoy it from the perspective of then and with our perspective now know yeah okay some of these parts aren't right and if we did it now in 2021 you know the the cast would be more diverse and you know, they'd probably be, you know, take the sexism out or whatever, whatever it is that was wrong with Greece, you know, uh, and, right. and, and there you go. But I think we can still enjoy it for, for what it was. I guess there is a line with that because there are some films and things that, that, that you know, that should be cancelled, I guess. But, um, but I agree with these things that are beloved and part of the ethos of our culture of pop culture it's like let's just enjoy it and like you said just have that fandom and yeah so yeah man. Can... and you know the, the, other, the other thing with this industry when you realize that there's only you know three companies that own everything media film television it, radio anything there's three companies and the, the, the agenda is to is to is to create an anarchy for an anarchy for division and they do that by instilling fear and allowing the things that they should be monitoring, like the violence, like the abusive drugs, like the actual things that bring humanity down, okay? They, they highlight. Why? That's to keep people trapped in their minds. And that's the unfortunate thing about this industry, which is one of the reasons why I took a, a, an eight-year sabbatical from it you know what I mean? And, and, and one of the reasons why I dove into my music, which I guess we'll get into later, is because I wanted to be able to speak to people in a way that they can hear me. You know, a lot of times when you speak to people, they're canceled off before you, before, before you even complete what you're saying. They've already thought about what they're going to say back to you, right? But when you do it with music, see, music touches your insides, right? Music is the only universal language that everybody understands, no matter what language it is, because it touches you from the inside out. So that's why I went into that realm, because I had so much to say. But I know that if, if, if I come out and say certain things with the way that society is, or the way that the industry takes you, you know, which is how society boxes you, then I'm, I'm dead in the water. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I was like, pivot, let me go this way and let me get this stuff out and then I'll come on back, you know? And so, but anyway, man, that's, 
that's kind of my my passion is is to open people's eyes to to humanity in a sense where you know it's blinding the people are it's like blind leading the blind unfortunately and i don't think people are aware of actually what is going on you know and so it's 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 disheartening at times you know and to know that this industry that i love so much uh, the creative aspects of it all is 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 used as a weapon you know and and that saddens me you know so anyway we got a little bit sidetracked there but but um, yeah i just wanted i just wanted to kind of share that because it goes along the lines of what you were talking about with with the violence of the film and everything like that and you know what i mean if you yeah. want to cancel this then 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 you better say something about chopping somebody's head off or 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 having this dude strung out on drugs and having it be okay you know what i mean like that come on you know what's what what's important here you know what i mean yeah painting a picture that this is wrong because somebody you know went down this road with with um i mean how, how can i explain it like to alert to kids that there is something when they know that it's not, it's not, to me, the kids aren't naive. The kids are genuine. The kids are genuine. You know, you're not, you're not born with these, these crazy, crazy opinions and crazy um, uh, anxieties about, about life. You're not born with that. You're taught that. So to me, if you're going to take a stance to point the finger at something, you're, you're actually illuminating something that these kids knew nothing about and you're polluting their minds. You're polluting them, you know? Yeah, so. for sure. Yeah, all hatred is, is taught behavior. And yeah, that's that's true, for sure, for sure. Uh, um, well, let's go back. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I go. I go off on little tangents sometimes. <laughs> no, no. It's what podcasts are all about. I mean, so okay, well, cool. <laughs> tell, tell, tell us the, uh, if you will, the the your story about Kate. Yes, Sony Pictures. She told you that she was a writer and all that, and you know, and she was working um, um, in that capacity within the industry. Um, so I had auditioned for a TV show called Close to Home. So Kate was working at Sony Pictures and um, she was working, um, I'm not quite sure exactly what her role was. She could have been a casting associate, um, which actually makes more sense. She was probably a cat because that's what she ended up getting into and then spawning for the writing career from, from what I gather from when I watched the podcast, um, which kudos to you, Kate, if you're watching this, kudos, kudos, super stoked for, for your success. That's awesome. That's, that's, that's awesome. Um, but so I end up auditioning for the show that she's working for close to home and I walk in and Kate's beautiful. I walked in and I was like, like, you look familiar. And she was like, yeah, you do too. And then there you go. Then we, we said who we were and whatever. It's like, Oh my God. I ended up booking that TV show by the way, called close to home. So that was cool. But, but yeah, that was the last time I saw Kate. And the first time I saw Kate since since the premiere <laughs> so crazy. and this was i want to say this was like 2005 i think it was five 
about 2005 um because that aired in 2005 so like four or five somewhere in there but um but yeah i thought that was interesting i, I walk right in open the door and there she is i'm like wait you look familiar i was like well, hold on <laughs> that's crazy i mean and you, you said that uh so that, that you watched that that podcast episode so i have to ask you so when kate was saying about that her and uh martha were shopping around the idea of a free ninjas tv show uh like i guess you know in the vein of sort of like a it could have been like a cobra kai situation which is like one of the biggest right. shows in the world right now i mean right. how how did that make you feel hearing that like would if there would have been a space for you to re- revive your role or you know been put in you know in homage or have a new role i mean would how did you feel had you heard about that before was that the first time you heard that I have not heard of that until I watched that podcast, dude. And I was stoked. I was stoked. I was so stoked. I was like, okay, where's Kate's number with him? <laughs> Going through my phone. I was like, do I have her number? Oh, damn, I don't have her number. <laughs> I definitely would be a part. Are you kidding me? I'm just getting back into the industry too. So that's, I mean, perfect. I mean, that would be amazing. You know what I mean? I mean, and I write too. So I'm just like, you know, the stories that we could, that we can come up with about, about the segues of life of these guys and these characters and how, you know, they come back and all that. Absolutely. I definitely would be a part of that. Are you kidding me? At any capacity, I don't know what role it would be if it is revising, you know, or uh, yeah, revising uh, Darren or whatever. Like I would, I would definitely, definitely be involved or want to be involved. Absolutely. I still hold like a candle in the wind of hoping that it, you know, it could happen someday <laughs> because I think there's a space for it. I mean, even if they did it as a more sort of like Disney-fied version, like, so there's like, you've got Cobra Kai here and then you've got more of, you know, they could exist in separate ways like Karate Kid and Free Ninjas yeah. do anyway, you know, like they're, yes, they both have martial right. arts in, but they're both very different. I love both. Um, I mean, everyone loves the karate kid right yeah you well you know what's funny about that is there was always this with karate kid and three ninjas are you a three ninjas fan are you a karate kid fan i like karate kid i like three ninjas like it was always it was always that like i i can always remember dude like you know like somebody found out i was in blah blah blah, blah and they're like oh man karate kids way better than three ninjas man and here i am you know in my 30s like this happened when i was in my 30s like it's the weirdest thing, Simon. I'm I'm no I'm recognized. I don't know what it is, but I'm I'm still recognized as that you know 16 year old kid in three ninjas, and I'm 44. You know that's my age. I'm 44. No, anyway, you can Google me and find out how old I am. I'm 44. I'm proud of it. Damn it. But um, <laughs> that's a good but, age. Yeah, dude, that's I'm, a good age. I'm still recognized. Like it's hilarious. But but yeah, there was always that little friction. So yeah, man. If 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 that ever came out, like, I'm going to, I'm going to look her up. Cause, and then she said that she reached out to people. She didn't reach out to me. I'm going to reach out to everybody and put together a reunion. And then we're going to fly you from over the pond and you can come on over and be in the mix of everybody, man. We're going to put together the show. I'll, I'll be, I'll perform. I'll have some other people perform and we just, we just mingle and have a party, man, a 30 year three ninja party yeah next year that 30 sound? years that that sounds like heaven so <laughs> <laughs> so i gotta get to, i gotta get to planning i gotta call these people man uh yeah man i i'm i would definitely i would definitely do it i, I would definitely do that that um uh, you know 
new three ninja tv show on netflix for 30 episodes <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah well who knows i mean I, right? I, still, I still hold hope that you know it can happen someday maybe someone will, will watch this be inspired and they you know take kate up on her her script and whatever and, and you know see see what happens but uh so okay Absolutely. so we go into free ninjas kick back and uh like you said it's it's confusing how they were released <laughs> like out of order um i mean how did you feel about so you're coming back which is amazing how did you feel about the kids being recast i mean i know that max continued through but did you find did you think that that was gonna affect the feel of the movie or you just saw it as this is just you know part of the course Honestly, I was a little bit confused when I like I remember, you know, being on set like, okay, wait, that's that's a different Tum Tum. I was like, that's his name is what? It's not Chad. What's his name? Is it Evan? Okay, that's weird. Okay, but okay, cool. How you doing? You know, and mind you, little Evan was little Evan. Like Evan came up to like my hip. <laughs> it was that and I at that time was probably what, 17 years old. You know what I mean? Like going growing and doing my thing i was growing little little whiskers and you know what I mean? so like i was i was i was growing and, and this kid was you know so that was it was interesting and then and then um and then sean i think his name was sean fox right yeah. sean was cool the the new the new rocky he, he was super cool i remember i remember sean being super cool like sean was super cool and then max was just max we you know we, we already knew each other we were, he was and max is max is great like we we chatted briefly after as well you know what i mean and, and then that was kind of that i mean this was in the, in the in the era of no social media so you know back then if it was now then of course we'd, we'd be still connected you know that way but um but yeah it was it was interesting it was interesting i didn't know what was going on i was like okay you know, like I didn't even know I was going to be in the film. And then I get a phone call and then I'm here and I'm like, what? Oh, oh okay. Where's Beha? <laughs> like, where's Beha? I was right here. Like, what? you know what I mean? Like it was, it was interesting, you know? So, yeah. And, and then that, and then in, and then that movie it's it's like a different kind of tone to, to the first one. Uh, but it's, I mean, you're again in kind of like the iconic scenes of that movie in like the ending and the baseball game. And, you know, you're, you're the pitcher. And uh, I mean, how did you enjoy, you know, doing like the baseball scenes? I loved it. I loved it. And actually that home run that I hit, I actually hit a home run. Oh, that nice. was real. That was real. <laughs> that wasn't fake. That was actually real. So when you go back and look at it, Look at the swing, look at the stroke. Just, <laughs> just watch the follow through. <laughs> uh, no, it was, it was cool. It was great. I was an actual pitcher too. I pitched, you know what I mean? Like um, little league and stuff like that. So like, it was kind of in my wheelhouse. I, I enjoyed it. Um, the, the funny part was uh, you, you need, you need to throw it at his head. You need to hit him in the head. And can you do that? And I was like, yeah, I could do it. I said, but I'm not going to hit him in the head with a regular baseball. I go, you guys saw something. Oh, no, no, no. We have this rubber, you know, and you know, obviously Mac was okay with it. And so, yeah, I ended it. That was an actual rubber ball that, that I, that I hit him in the head with, which is cool. Um, but uh, I mean, what else about that? It was, it was, um, it was fun. It was long. It was a long shoot that day. It was hot. It was very hot um and um yeah it was it was a good time 
It was a very good time. I, I was just, I remember laughing hysterically at the umpire um, who later, I guess he got cast on um, that 70s show, but, but <laughs> I just remember like that dude just making me laugh and just b- busting up like all day long. He was hilarious to me. Um, and then the other part of that, the baseball scene, um, Evan, right. I'm running home, right. To home plate. And <laughs> I had to run with my arms because they, they did the slow motion and sped up or whatever they did. And that was the most awkward thing in the world because I had to do this like <laughs> thing. Right. And then I had to hit Evan. I'm telling you, Evan's probably, how old is your son? Six months. Okay, well, no. <laughs> Evan was bigger than that. But Evan was a tiny, tiny dude, man. He was like, like, yay big. Like, he was tiny. And I think I was probably almost fully grown. I was probably 5'10", 5'9", 5'10". And I'm running with these big arms coming down. And I just remember, like, grabbing him. And I'm supposed to hit him in the, you know, that. I just remember, like, go back and look at the film. You'll you'll notice what I'm saying. I end up grabbing him, kind of picking him up and laying him down because I felt so bad. You know, you just it just I just that was funny. I remember that part. That part was super funny. And then the um, the 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 scene where um, something something about it, it's not over. Extra innings in the parking lot. Something. Come on, let's go, fellas, or something like that. I don't remember that being in the script. I think it was thrown in after. It was like, yo, we, um, you know, we, we, need to, we need to have a transition to get you to, you know, say this, say that, say this. I, I don't recall that. Um, I probably should have fact-checked that before I said it. But I don't, I don't remember that actually being in the script. So I think that was kind of like, a, um, like an add-on, like an ad-lib type thing. Um, you know, and then, and to be honest with you, Simon, the whole shoot was like a whirlwind because I, I first of all, didn't know I was going to be in the film for one, there was no audition. So I had no idea. Second of all, all the stuff they had me do, I was like, okay, I'm got a lot of camera time here. This is crazy. You know what I mean? Like I had no idea. And then at the end of it, when they hit me with it and said that me, was going to beat me up. I was like, Oh, Oh, you're you got what you me. wanted. You got. You finally got hit. You know. <laughs> but I did, but now I'm in high school, and I'm now I'm beat up. First, I'm riding a pink bike in the first one, right? <laughs> I'm riding the pink bike, and then now I'm getting beat up by the girl, and I'm in high school. You have to understand that you went to high school. You know what I mean? And yeah. that's all you hear at the end of the movie, which was not told to me. I had no idea that the only thing you're going to hear is me. Oh! screaming and hollering as she hits me and that's all you hear and then all of a sudden it's credits and I'm like oh my gosh I mean thankful for it but it's just like whoa kill me now because when I get back to school this is going to be horrid you know and and sure enough man that yeah we can get into that too if you'd like but uh but yeah I loved it it was great it was great man it was a good time it was a good time surprising time because i had no idea any of this was going on but i had no and i also had no idea it was in depth that they were going to take this darren character i was like oh wow okay and then to be 
not just one scene, but two and then three, I was like, whoa, okay, you know, you know. It's awesome. And and you were great in it. And uh it's cool that they it's cool that they were like good on their word and you know they and they got you back. I think that's that's yeah. really cool. Like this is kind of something we've we've touched on with a few different people where it's like they've got this like fame or they've got this notoriety from being in a movie or TV show. Uh, we had uh Thomas Tulick on who was uh too too small in hook and mm-hmm. he was saying that when he went to like high school and things that People were actually quite mean to him, uh, which we were, were saying, this, this is crazy. Like you did a really yeah. awesome thing. Uh, and then we yeah. have, we've had quite a few people say things like that. I mean, was that something that was within your experience or were people like, you know, happy for you that you were in these movies? No, a hundred percent. You know, you're a fish out of water. Like I kind of was talking about earlier in the podcast, like you're a fish out of water, you know, being a creative in general, you're a fish out of water. <laughs> most, most people aren't going to get you. You, you. You're too hyped. Your energy's this. It's weird. You do this, you're that. You dress different. Your hair is different. You're, it, you're already a stick out, right? <laughs> and then to have success and to mesh that in with, with people that don't understand you from the beginning, yeah, it's a disaster, you know? And, and I don't think it's intentional, to be honest with you. I don't think kids intentionally, like we were talking about earlier, I don't think you know, it's intentional. I think, I think it just starts to happen and they feel like, wait, why is this dude here? You know, like that makes no sense. Like he's on there, he's on the screen. Why is he here? Like, because their whole, their whole, for real. Right. And, and their whole, their whole, the whole thing that people are taught is if you're a movie star, you're not normal. You know what I mean? You're, you're a movie star. You're on screen. Like you're not normal. You know, you can't, you can't mingle with us. And if you do, if we do mingle with us, then we need to get your autograph or we need to, we need to ask about this or we need to do this or we need to do that. When in reality, we're all, we're the same. I just got a different gig than you. You know what I mean? You play baseball. I do movies. You know, it's like, you're the star on the, on the, on the, on the baseball team. And I'm somebody that does movies. It's, you know, but it it was very difficult, man. And here's the other trip part about it is my mom was a, was a public school teacher. Okay. And she refused to homeschool me, you know, bless her heart. I don't have any ill will towards my mom's decision. It is what it was. And I'm, I'm actually thankful looking back and I'll tell you why in a minute, but she wasn't going to homeschool me. So I said, okay, mom, I want you to, because I got a little bit of it um, when I came back from the first three ninjas. So there was a little bit of that going on already. And so I was explaining to my mom, like, hey, I need to be homeschooled. Like, I don't want to go to school and get and get treated this way and get and get bullied. Like the bully's getting bullied. Like, this doesn't make any sense. (laughs) You know what I mean? And she um, she was like, no, no, no. I said, "Okay, well, when we come to registration for, for my 12th grade year, I want you to come with me and you can see for yourself. And that's exactly what happened. She came. But my mom thought differently about it you know she thought they were appreciating when in reality they were making fun maybe they were excited that a kid in the movies was at their school but they didn't know how to display it other than to make fun because that's what kids do you know what I mean so I would get the Wah! I would get the Whoa, you got beat up by a girl you 
and my mom, we were walking down the auditorium as we're going to do the registration for the 12th grade year. And I, and I just looked at her, kind of gave her that look. And I go, it's just like, oh, they're just, Scott, they're just, they're, they're just happy that you're in school with. I was like, that's not what it is. I go, but okay, no problem, mom. I had one more year, my senior year. I had one more year to get through. And mind you, it was at the height of that movie. Plus I was in an R&B pop group you know, back in the day too, singing, you know, in a, in a group. And I, we had legions of, of girlfriends and all that stuff. So the guys already hated me. You know, I was that, I was that singer and dancer type dude. And it just, it, it just, yeah, all of that. And so, and then I'm from a small port town in San Pedro, which everyone does their own, the one specific thing, they're longshoremen. And anybody that does anything different, it's like, oh, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Like you're an outcast. So mesh that with everything else. And it was just like, whoa, you know? And so because I stayed in school, I was able to go into the choir room every nutrition and lunch. And I learned how to play piano. So I developed my skill as a piano player. Not that I'm super skilled, but I write with the piano and my songwriting started to develop. I started working on the voice and everything like that. And that's all because... I stayed in school in the 12th grade. So thank you, mom. Kudos to that. But yes, to answer your question in the long version <laughs> that I gave you. Yes, it's difficult, man. It's difficult, you know, because because uh, you are placed in a different world, you know, and, and um, I wish it wasn't like that. I wish, you know, you could come back to school and, you know, but I think a lot of kids' parents, you know, instill the, these things into the kids. You know, because if he was left up to the kids to kind of work out, I think it would be a different result at the end of the day. But but yeah, man, it was it was it was an interesting thing to go back to high school um, doing kids movies. It was very interesting. <laughs> it's it's sad because I mean, the kid, they, the kids are acting out of jealousy, really. It's jealousy. It's like you you're in movies. It's what everyone. Well, what to me it's what everyone would want to do i mean if you was in my school i would have just been fanboying so in a positive way i'd like to think, <laughs> you know but uh, i mean look dude there were I, I can remember a couple of people right i can remember a couple of people like being chill and those people were the people that were in the creative arts like you know i was in play production i was in drama i was in choir i was in vocal ensemble and dance those, and then I had one class that I had to have an elective in, <laughs> which was like the math, uh, the economics, and then like development or whatever it was. But, but so I, I got appreciation from, from those classes. Absolutely. It was, it was more so the people that didn't understand the, the, the creative journey that, you know what I mean? So I don't want to alienate everything and say it was everybody. No, it was, it was just the people that, that didn't come from that world. You know, yeah. they didn't understand it. That makes that makes sense. That makes sense. Well, um, so you go on and you're in loads of loads of things that uh, you know, that are huge shows. <laughs> I mean, Walker Texas Ranger is something that I've never I've never seen, uh, but I know I know of it from pop culture. Um, but you you're on an episode of that. I mean, how how was that experience? <laughs> You don't want to know about that one. <laughs> okay. No. no, I'm just playing. No, an amazing experience. And, and 
it's funny that you brought that up because I just connected with Nicholas Gonzalez, who was the actual lead guest star. I was his second in that episode and, and, and we had a blast. It was shot in Texas, um, uh, Dallas, Texas, to be exact. Um, it was a blast. It was, it was an amazing time um, in a sense where I think I was like 24, 25 years old and I was staying at a suite at the Westin and I was getting shuttled around and I got to work with really cool people. I got to meet a legend and work side by side with a legend. You know what I mean? Like Chuck Norris, like, hello. You know what I mean? Like that was my first taste of that basically was the legend stuff, you know? And, um, and uh, yeah, it was, it, it was a great experience. I, I loved it. I loved it. And, and um, that actually was my first time that I flew out of state to work. Um, so that was a whole nother experience too. Cause it was, it was just, it was like, okay, this is cool. All right. And I, you really have to worry about anything because everything was kind of taken care of kind of, because you're kind of their, I don't want to say property, but you're their worker, you're their employee. So they brought you there. So it's their responsibility to make sure everything is taken care of. So that was fish out of water for me because I've never had that experience before. This was before I did, I, I did any touring or anything like that. So I didn't, I didn't know, you know what I mean? But Nick, Nick and I hung out, went to the pubs and you know what I mean? And, and, and just ate great food. And, and, and it was, it was awesome. It was awesome. And when I just got back connected with, with him on Instagram, I told him I had a, um, a throwback Thursday photo of us that I was going to post that he hits me back. Oh my God, dude. Oh, those are the days. So you know, and Nick went on to do all kinds of stuff, tons of stuff. He's in the doctors right now, the, the CBS show, the doctors um, as a lead. But like I said, man, all these gigs that I've done, like these people that never stopped, you know, that were consistent and, and responsible, skyrocketed, man, skyrocketed. So I know the test to that. Everyone, everyone's paths different though, I guess. Right. And, uh, you know, True. where and the the story is nowhere near finished so just ah i like the way you think simon thank you for bringing me back down i appreciate it thank you thank you yes i had to go through to what i went through to get to where i'm going thank you thank you for the reminder 100 percent. we all have to it's all part of what makes us us isn't it so um yeah that, oh, there was some fighting on walker too i don't the the episode i don't know if you've seen it golden boy but check it out it's, it's a great episode but i end up uh, Nick actually, who was a was a boxer, um, ends up knocking me out. So there's my knockout. I get knocked out there. There you go. <laughs> it wasn't three ninjas, but now it's in Walker. And he <laughs> he connects. I mean, not really, but you can see that this that the stunt fighting looks real as heck. And I end up um, like I'm all excited about it. I end up stabbing this guy, in in uh, which is why he ended up hitting me because I stabbed, you know, his friend and I was a drug dealer, of course, cause you're typecast cause I'm the bully. So I'm the drug dealer. Um, but, uh, and what was funny with that too. And, and, um, they always tease me about it, but because of camera angles, they needed me to stab him with my left hand. <laughs> and so they were like, they were like, uh, they're like, what are you doing stabbing somebody with your left hand? I was like, well, I wouldn't really stab anybody, guys. Like, uh, you know, sorry. <laughs> they were like, well, it's perfect because we needed it for this camera angle. And I'm like, like, I do this on a regular. Like, I'm just out stabbing people. <laughs> so, but no, it, that was fun. I, I, I really enjoyed Walker. Walker was great. 
And then you go on to another massive show with uh, CSI. Oh, yeah. That was an interesting... Um, that was interesting because, see, there was a turn of the industry at that time. There were no crime shows. Um, it, was, it was a different type of, of, of show that people were into. And they didn't know if the forensics and the violence and stuff like that would be too much for TV, if people would be turned off or turned on, whom they didn't know. And so I can remember on set, and this was William Peterson's first big, big gig. And he was 40, uh, William, I don't want to age you, buddy, but I think he was about 45, 46 years old. And um, I remember him telling me, like, this is my first big gig. What do you think? And they were all looking at uh, Marge Hellenberger and um, Georgia and, and, and William. They were looking at an entertainment magazine and they were on the cover. And it said, could this be the new wave of TV? And this was before it came out, before, you know, you got so many forensic, you know, TV shows now. It's just ridiculous. But it was interesting because I was a part of like, the first, you know, and, and to have the cast be uncertain and unsure about something that became a staple and set the benchmark of what TV is and should be like, it's crazy. I mean, you had what, four different spinoffs from the one. Yeah. Like... You know what I mean? So yeah, it, it was, it was amazing. It, it, it was awesome. I actually played uh, Paul Arlington, I believe was the character and he was, um, he was a deaf mute. So the, yeah so the 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 audition was interesting because i originally went in and read for a different character and they brought me back in and they wanted they wanted me not to say anything they wanted me to be deaf mute. <laughs> uh, you're like yeah i understand you're long-winded buddy yeah i get it um but uh um, perfect podcasting perfect <laughs> podcasting so what is it all about oh man so he so i, I go back in and i and i and I'm going to be reading, reading, right, this, um, this other character, and I look, and it says deaf mute, and I'm like, okay, so what am I supposed to, like, what do you want me, just actions, or, well, we want, we want you to respond as if you are a deaf mute, and I'm like, okay, like, I don't, I don't, I honestly, you know, I, I have, um, I have a deaf cousin now, so I, I, I know now like what some of the mannerisms would have been, um, you know, and I have friends that are, that, that are deaf, you know, um, stuff like that. So it's like, you know, now I, I know, but like back then I, I was like, I don't know. Okay. I ended up booking it. <laughs> I was like, okay, this is, this was cool, you know? And, and so the, the scene is set up where I'm accused of murder, of course, because that's the typecast. I mean, the druggie, the killer, the, this or that, um, and they have this uh, brain printing um, wave cap that sits over the top of my head. And it, it re my brain reacts to pictures. So they were flashing slides of different things. And then my, my, um, my cognizance of that would register via the brain waves. And that's how they found that I wasn't the killer. So there you go. <laughs> but, but yeah, that, you know, and just to know too, like this many years later, was it 20 years later? CSI is coming back. Las, uh, Las Vegas is coming back. And it's oh, not no. a spoiler alert because they just released a statement not too long ago. So I'm cool to say that, but they, it's coming back. So I'm like super stoked that I just jumped back into the industry now 
And I told my new manager, I'm like, look, I did the first episode of the, or the, or the first season of this, of this, of, of this show. I want to do the first season of the reboot. Like, come on, you got to get me in there. Like, you know, so yeah, it's cool. It's cool. Coming full circle. But yeah, yeah. that show was great. That's awesome. And yeah, a massive, massive show to have on your, on your resume. I mean, uh, I mean, you go, you've worked consistently like, like mm-hmm. throughout here. Um, and I mean, cold case, that's another, that was another big one. Like, was that one fun? It was fun, except they, they cut the crap out of my scene. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's the other thing it happens. I, uh, it's only happened a couple of times in, in stuff that I've done, but you know, you're at the mercy of, of the editors, man. And, and for this particular episode, yeah, I got sliced. But it's interesting about this show, Katie Sackoff. She was the lead in Battlestar Galactica. Nice. After this, you know that show. The blonde yeah, yeah. With, the, with the short hair, yeah, that's yeah. Katie. So, okay. and there's two stories like this that I, that I wanted to share, which, which is another testament to stick with it. No matter what you're going through, no matter how it feels, no matter you know, what someone tells you or how you doubt yourself because we're our own worst enemy, stick with it. It only lasts but a minute. If you can get through that and push through, the other side is amazing. You know, the other side, what you've worked so hard to achieve is there. If you can just push through, push through people. So this is another case of that. Um, I had told you I had two, but this first one, we're sitting on the honey wagons. We're sitting there on the trailer, having a fag. And I said that because you're in London. So I know what it is, you know, and... <laughs> And uh, for for people that aren't, you know, across the pond, it's a cigarette, cigarette, cigarette. <laughs> and we're chatting and she's like, she was in Halloween five. And she tells me, she says, you know what? I've, I've had my, I've had my success. Like I, I had my shot. I had my shot and it just didn't happen. And, you know, I think I'm going to go back home and I'm going to go back to school. And, you know, I just can't do this anymore. It's just, it's just, you know, I, I don't know. You know, that was that type of conversation. You know, and I'm like, well, no, stick with it, stick with it. You never know, you never know. You know, the optimist in me. Um, at that time, I I turned extreme pessimist later on in life. I'm back to the optimist again, but <laughs> but I have my moment. But anyway, so fast forward from cold case, I think it was about a year, maybe two years tops. She's deleting Battlestar Galactica, and she's got billboards all over Hollywood. And I was like, holy crap. And so there you go, folks. Stick with it. Persevere. Don't listen to the one that's telling you to hang up your, 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 you know, your acting chops. Just push through, persevere, or whatever it is you do in life. You got you to push through when it's pushing back. That's the only way it works. So that's what happened on that show. That was an interesting, um, interesting uh, you know, situation there. It was, it was cool. And I'm super, super happy for her. I'm super happy for her that she stuck it out and, and she, you know, she kept going. Kudos to her. No, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Um, I mean, so we have, we've got other things on here as well. Um, the, the mentalist, I mean, that was in 2010. I mean, that, mm-hmm. uh, that was pretty big, right? How, how was that? Yeah. Simon Baker um, and Robin, I will butcher her last name, so I'm not going to say it. Robin T we'll call her. <laughs> but um that was great that was a great show um they ended up i had hair plugs they wanted hair plugs this this was like a this guy 
Um, what was what was my character? Do you know? Are you looking it at something? It was on- uh, Stu McAlpin. Oh, Stu McAlpine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Stu basically was like this this techie guy who became super loaded and rich based off of tech. And we're going back to our our um, high school reunion. You know, our twenty five year, I think it was, or twenty year, or whatever. And um, again. Uh, you know, it's a crime show. So there's a murder involved and, and he's testing me to see if I have anything to do with that murder. But within this show, they wanted me to have hair plugs. I had just done working on um, the month prior. I did bones, the TV show bones the month prior. So my head was already shaved for that character. So what they wanted to do was make me go completely bald and then put this wig on and do the hair plugs. And I was like, you didn't say that at the audition. Like, no, I don't, I don't think my head's going to look good bald. I don't know about that one. You know, like, well, what if we shave the front, you know, shave the front and we'll just put like a little hair plug thing on the front. Like it'll grow back fast and you can wear hats. And I was like, it's like, all right, if it's not my full head, like go ahead. So they ended up shaving the top part of my head and implanted this, this hair plug sheet. Like, dude, it was, it was. So if you go and watch that episode, you'll see like, the hair and part of Simon Baker's line, who's, who's, who's a doll. The, the guy was amazing. He was, he was a really good dude. Um, you know, super helpful on set. Just, just, just a real, real good energy. He was a real good, real good guy. Um, but in one of his lines, he says, he says, hard to believe you, Stu. Um, something about um, um, the hair plugs, the high heels or something like that. There are lines. He was pointing out all of the things that I, I was over accentuating to make myself feel as though I was important. You know what I mean? And so, <laughs> and so, yeah, that scene, that scene was, was, a. Uh, it was, it was kind of, it was, it was comic. It was a, like a comedy scene. It was like comical. It was, it was cool. It was cool. Um, but yeah, that was, that was a fun show too. Sleeper Cell as well. What was that one? What was that one like? <laughs> well, like you um, asked about Cold Case and I mentioned Katie Sackhoff when she was about to kind of go on a different path and then she blows up and becomes. Um, and the reason why I'm bringing these up is because like I said, and I think I've, I've said it a few times within this podcast. You never know what is behind that door. The the only person that is going to stop the train is yourself when you get off it. I like that. You know, you're not put on this path for for some random reason. Like there is a reason you're on the path. You know what I mean? And and if it's a passion, there's got to be a purpose connected to that. You know? Uh, you know, whoever you believe in, you know, the God of the universe, right? Or, or, or an entity that, that you that you humbly pray to, right? Um, they're not going to put that fire into you unless it's supposed to be there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's just about persevering and pushing through. And here's another example of that. Sleeper Cell, I was with, um, I was with Aaron Paul, who everybody knows Aaron Paul, right? And, yeah. and, and I can remember the same type of conversation, you know, he was going through some things and whatever. And, and I was in the same boat. Like I was in the, I was saying the same exact thing. The difference was, is he kept going. I stopped, you know? So, and, and, and you said earlier in the podcast, you know, that everyone has their own journey and everyone has to go through their own thing. And absolutely agree. I completely understand that, but I'm just saying, 
within this instance, it's it's interesting how the people that have that have stuck through and stuck it out and kept moving where where it is for them, you know. And somebody somebody like me, I mean, yes, I've had tons of success, still live in my success because I'm having it today and now, and and it just happens musically and songwriting and everything like that. But I'm just it's just an interesting thing because on that particular show it was the same type of thing. And again, we, I was playing a mugger. <laughs> we were mugging somebody. And it was at the climate. Um, it was um, with Michael Ely, too, who became a real popular um, actor. Um, and, and, and the climate was around like um, um, Arab eth- ethnicities, you know, like the, 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 uh, the Sikhs and, 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 um, and stuff like that. They, so we were basically... Um, tormenting a guy that had a turban on that looked like he was from you know um an arab descent or whatever and we end up getting the the the, the crap beat out of us um <laughs> in the train but um but yeah so it was that was that was cool too and you know and just to look back on it and be like whoa like he kept going <laughs> you know what i mean and then max greenfield was actually the other kid so it was me max greenfield um and and the new guy i think was the big tv show was Zoe's Deschanel that he was in. Um, so it was me, him, and, 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 and Aaron in, the, in that, whole, that, that whole scene. It was, it was just interesting how things happen like that. But, um, but yeah, it was, it, was, it was cool. And then the Nick Nolte thing, I don't know if you were going to ask about that, but the Peaceful Warrior movie was a true story. Um, there was a film that I did with Nick Nolte. And at that moment in my life, I was finally coming to where I started. I was, I was partying way too much. It was, I was making wrong decisions and choices. My head was getting clouded and I finally started to try to turn it over. Right. And um, I began a philosophy of here and now, which is being present, right. Being present, nothing happens ahead. Nothing happens behind. You can't change. The only thing we can change is now for later, but you, if you, you can't have later, if you can't change now. Right. That's the here and now philosophy. Well, Peaceful Warrior is an adaptation of the way of the Peaceful Warrior, which was a book written by a college gymnast that shattered his knee. And through the power of here and now and and um, and, and everything that he went through, psych, you know, with, 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 of course, the physical therapy, but psychologically, he was able to get back and compete again. And, and it's just, you know, I don't want to say ironic, but it's it's really cool that I got to do that film at that time because I was struggling with my alcohol abuse. Nick Nolte is notorious for, you know, of going up and down and I caught him on a sober tip. So to be able to share the screen and behind the scenes with him and him give me words of wisdom of of things that he's gone through and stuff like that, man, it was priceless. It was priceless, you know? And so that's one of the the ideas, um, you know, that, that keep popping in my head now is that, you know, if you stay the course, you know, things usually align. If you're on the right path and you're making right decisions, the idea is, yeah, that you, that you stay this path and you stay this course and things will, things will eventually even out. And, and the evening out isn't some sort of thing that you can touch or something that you can attain. It's something that you feel. Staying the course leads you to joy and happiness. And within that joy and happiness, if other things happen, great, but stay in that course. And that was one of the things that he shared with me. 
which was, which was amazing because I was so not happy at that moment. You know what I mean? Even though I'm on set with a legend, I'm still feeling this way in my head. You know what I mean? Which is, mm-hmm. which is ludicrous, <laughs> you know? So you could have a million dollars, but feel like you're only worth 10 bucks. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. thankfully within that project, I was, I was able to, you know, get, get those words of wisdom. But, and then the last thing with that project, um, he, the first time we set up to shoot, I'm supposed to be, again, I'm thugging the alley and I'm supposed to, <laughs> that's the theme here. Yeah. Um, it's funny. Cause my manager's like, we don't want thugs anymore. We don't want this and we don't want that. I was like, look, it's okay. I'm so opposite of thug in the alley. I'm okay to play it because I know it's not me. So I'm good. And she was like, no, but we want you to be the guy next door or the father or the this or the interest. And I was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> anyway, going back, thug in the alley, I'm supposed to intimidate him. Right. Okay, now, right, there you go. That smile cracked on your face and you're like, really? <laughs> yes, exactly. Precisely my thought at that moment. And so we get on set, we do rehearsal. Rehearsal was no problem coming in with my with my face and i'm gonna i'm gonna give him the face and i'm gonna you know i'm gonna get in there with him and he just looks at me he his head was down or actually was to the side and he just looks at me and does this number and i bursted up laughing i was laughing my ass off i could because who am i to intimidate nick freaking nolte like are you kidding me one of the, the one of the faces that if looks could kill one of the faces that had you know if looks can kill and i'm supposed to intimidate this dude like what (laughs) so we did that about twice before he he said okay look man come on dude hold it together and i was like all right but yeah i laughed like twice and by this time we had already had conversation and so like we were we were cordial to each other so it wasn't like a uh come on man get it together it wasn't more it was more like okay we get it I understand, but now please intimidate me. Come on, man. You know, it was that type of thing. So, but, um, but yeah, anyway, there you go. So I went off on a little tangent there. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's perfect. I love it. That's awesome. Well, so, so then we get to a point where in like from 2010, you saw, you go on like a, a, hi- a hiatus, a sabbatical, so to speak, and focus on music. So can you tell us a little bit about, you know, the musical journey? Yeah, for sure. So the music was always happening simultaneously. It just wasn't a main focus because the acting kept booking like for, 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 you know, from what, from like 92 to I'd say what, 2010, it was just a a constant audition and I was, I was working, you know? And so I'd always done, done the music. I've always, cause that's, you know, if you go back in the beginning of the podcast, I was started that way as a dancer and into the music and everything like that. And um, I basically told my agent, I said, you know what? I, I need to take a break. I was up for um, one of Ryan Murphy's um, big projects. Um, um, <laughs> it leaves my mind he's such a big project i can't remember the name of it what's the big one that he's got horror story american horror story okay the first season of that and wow. i ended up getting to the point where i don't know if my agent wasn't telling me the full truth or whatever the case may be there's backstory to that i'll spare the details 
but I was under the impression that I had booked it. Okay, or the character JD, I believe is the character's name, or is that the real guy that plays him? Anyway, but um, I end up getting unbooked. And there was this new thing that happened where SAG joined, and I'm going to get to the music in a minute, but this is the segue to it. SAG joined with AFTRA. AFTRA was the stage and radio union. SAG was the, was, was the TV and film union. They ended up merging. Well, when that happened, they knocked out any type of, um, I'll say, um, pull that actual screen actors had because they were being undercut by after artists or you didn't have to be part of the union at all and they would tap tartly you which means that they would they would float your joining fees right so that kept happening and of course you know i took it as though i'm just not interested and personally you know happening to me because it did over and over again and i ended up um ended up taking this break. So within this break, I had all these things to say and what better way to say it than through this music, you know, and, and, and this time in life too, there was a lot of different things going on. You know, there was, um, there was musically things were changing, I guess you could say, you know, and um, people were getting pushback. Like the, the, the music was overplayed all that in sync and backstreet and Brittany and Christina and Jessica and 98 degrees and all that genre was being over pushed and just saturated. So anybody that was associated within that type of realm was automatically like, no, no, <laughs> not interested. So, you know, I got a lot of pushback from that. Cause that was me. That was my genre. Like I was into that. I just never had a transcontinental company pick up my group, my, my company, the, the company that ran my group wasn't as business savvy as Lou Perlman, you know what I mean? And so that's really what happened. Cause you know, it's the formula and I had it with the guys that I was with. It just wasn't, wasn't, wasn't the thing, but anyway, so um, moving forward, I wanted to reinvent myself. So I'm in, I'm in, at this time I was in um, North Carolina, which was where the guy that I started co-writing with originally was, was, um, originally from New York, came to, came to um, Hollywood. He's a vocal coach. So he started doing vocal coaching for American Idol and all this other stuff. And then it got to be too much for him too. He was like, I want out of here. James Lugo is his name. And um, they end up moving to North Carolina. They ended up having family and kids and all that, which is where his wife's family is from. And um, I ended up randomly giving him a call. And like, hey, dude, do you remember me? Da 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 da. da uh, blah 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 blah. He was like, yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, dude, I wanna, I wanna do a rock album. And he was like, you? You gotta understand, I was a hip hop head, R and B hip hop head, dude. Like, so you know, my pants have been thirty six from the time my waist was twenty eight. So it was like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, and he knew that when I used to do stuff at his studio and and do vocal lessons with him and stuff like that. Like, I was. I couldn't have been more distant from who this guy was, you know what I mean? <laughs> so he was like, you want to do rock? What? And I was like, yeah, man, I just, I just want to do something different, you know, and the climate of the industry right now, like, I just, I just feel like I want to do something different. So I ended up flying out there and within the sessions, you know, things started developing and Scooter, I've always been called Scooter because Scott is a nickname of Scooter or Scooter is a nickname of Scott. And I felt I was on a new page, like, P-A-G-E, turn the page. So that's the name that kind of came to me, Scooter Page. And it was this new approach, this new, fresh, like, um, kind of just like, uh, 
journey that I was about to embark on, you know, and, and, and it felt good. The music, I was super comfortable with, with, with the songwriting and, and performing to live instrumentation, like everything was live. I was used to doing everything electronic. So this way it was just like, wow, like I had live instruments, live drums, live bass, live guitars, like everything was live. And then I did all my vocals and that was live. And I was like, whoa, no auto tune. I was like, this is great. You know what I mean? And so, so that started happening. And then a publicist that I used to work with uh, way back in the day, there was this film called Wishcraft that I did. And um, she ended up getting me some, some press on that or whatever. She ended up starting, she, she was a big publicist that had, um, had big clients. I'll just leave the names out of it, but she had big clients. And so she started her own record label distributed by Universal. And um, I told her I was doing music and she says, let me hear it. I let her hear the new stuff I was doing. She goes, this is great. She goes, do you want to jump aboard? And I was like, yeah, let's do this. So we ended up doing that. Put it this way, lesson learned (laughs) the hard way with, uh, with labels and signings and giving away things and contracts and I wouldn't do it again. Put it that way. I don't care how much money you pay me. Not interested, because you, you, you're taking away. You're taking away the the very thing that keeps me moving and keeps me going, keeps me thriving, you know. And and then you've boxed everything, and you own the majority of what I put the work in to do and create with my co-writer. And it was just, yeah, with the whole publishing thing and everything. So anyway, that's how that started. And I was signed to LRT MCA Records and MCA got bought out by Universal, which is why it was now Universal distributing LRT, LRT because MCA was no more. Um, and then from there, I ended up just consistently just like being inspired musically, you know, and, and I just kept writing and writing and writing and writing. And while I was doing the writing portion of it, I started learning the business, learning the ropes learning what the publishing, what the writers is, what the percentage splits are, you know, what, just, just the way things work. And that was the beginning of the independent artists, the underground DIY movement started happening. And I just kind of fell right into it, you know? Um, and at that same time, I was able to fund everything on my own because I had this job. Now we can rewind back to the podcast. Here's the rewind motion. <laughs> rewind, rewind. When I said small town in San Pedro, where everyone's a longshoreman, well, what do you think happened to me? <laughs> I went and did the longshore thing because I wanted to fit in, right? But great opportunity. It pays well. It paid well enough for me to do everything I needed to do musically and continue to do musically with my investing, with the promotions and with recordings and with, you know, all of that. I'm able to do that, you know, with there. Now I'm at the place where I can leave there and have a retirement and still do what I love to do. I dropped an album in, in, um, in 2019 called 4224, which was the first couple of years of my sobriety. Um, and it's just a coming of age record, basically. You know, it's kind of telling you stories about, about where I was to where I'm at. Okay, so yeah, the coming of age, 4224 was, was me kind of coming of age with the sobriety and, and um, you know, kind of kind of telling you what I went through to where, where I'm at now and how I've come out of, and, you know, 4224, when you turn it around, it's the same number. 42 was the best year of my life. And 24 was the best year of my life. Right. 
So it just made sense, right? And I was telling you stories about that, basically, to get out of, of kind of the, the smoke and haze to, to, to where I'm at presently. And where I'm at presently is I like to live on a, on a little planet called Danscapage Electroland. And um, I'm also the type of person that likes to do things that people wouldn't expect me to do because I like, I'm a creative. I like music. I'm not a box. You can't box me. It doesn't happen. I was brought up around this. I was raised with that. I dabbled with this. I fell in love with that. That's all combined. And it's always going to be part of me, no matter what. So if I'm feeling dance, I'll do some dance. If I'm feeling rock, I'll do some rock. If I'm feeling hip hop, I'll do some. And that's just the way it's going to be. You don't like it. It is what it is. You know what I mean? But what I've also learned is you have to create music that you like in order for to have people like, like it. Just like you can't love somebody else unless you love yourself because what you give off, right, is what people are going to receive. Two plus two is four. It's never going to be three, right? <laughs> so sure. when it comes to Danska Page Electroland, because of this 4224 and this sobriety, I got so sober that I felt drunk. And I don't mean like, like, oh, my God, I'm dizzy, I'm drunk, oh, my God, oh, my God. Not that type of drunk. I meant drunk on the fact that people actually are living life like this. You know, the decisions that people are making, the things that people are looking at on TV, on the news, listening to, and don't realize that this is all bought and paid to play. And the stuff that's, the in, in, you know, indoctrinated in with our media is all meant to divide. Like, it was crazy to me. So I was like, yeah, and see, I didn't see any of that when I was drunk. Like, I didn't see it. I was a part of it. You know, until you take yourself out of it, you don't know what it is. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I ended up creating this land called Danska Page Electroland. And it's right in the middle of Cygnus in the Northern Crux, which they claim, which they claim, right? When I say they, and I say claim in, in quotes, it's because in my opinion, religion is built to divide. It's not to bring together, it's to bring in money. And they've, they've, they've allowed themselves to, and I can get flack for this all over the place. That's fine. You can go ahead and email me. I'll, I'll, I'll write you back. But um, <laughs> in my opinion, okay, it's, it's taking what they need to take in order to serve to a flock that they know they would receive from. But it's the same message. There's a messenger of love. Okay. So within that Northern crux, let's go back to Danska page electro land. There's Cygnus, that star. Okay. And I don't know if you've looked at any of my stuff or listened to any of the music or anything like that. I needed a, like a Gallic, uh, intergalactic type, like portal voyage to get to this place because it's up in space, right? It's up in this different dimension. So I had to do it with electronic music, dubstep and dance and all that stuff, trance and, and you know, dance pop. So I've created this land. Within this land, I'm telling you the story of what exists within this land in Danska Page Electroland, starting from the beginning of the introduction, going all the way down to the conclusion. Everything in the middle is telling you everything that I kind of just briefly described via song in a way that I'm wrapping you with my, with my, um, my gravity blanket so you don't feel anxious about it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um, it's a cool trip, man. And this all came because I went to this rave called The Countdown, Sober. 
<laughs> in 2019, I went to it sober. And within two months, I was on the phone with my boy in New York. And I flew out there right before the pandemic. And we did a demo of a song called Music Mood. And I was so inspired by this rave. It was aliens. It was called Countdown. So aliens were coming down. Like it was, everyone was just, I don't know if you've ever been to a rave. I'm sure you have. But ever, the culture, the plural culture, right? Peace, love, unity, respect. Everybody is just love. Like they don't care who you are, what you are, what you're into, what you're not. It's just a loving environment. It's just, it's just it was amazing to me especially being sober in, in that environment. Like I felt the energy, the frequency was just like, whoa. Like I was like, beam me up. Like, cause I am here. And I was like, yo, I need to create something like that. And so that's, you know, immediately a few months, like I said, three months after hit my boy in New York, flew out to New York. I shot two videos for this other project that I was working on and then um, started doing this dance page Electroland, man. And this has been the most, um, streamed uh, project since I've since I've released music on on Spotify since 13. Um, well, the reason why I haven't done anything 13 is because of the record deal thing. And those songs are owned by some and I don't feel like I should be paying somebody of work that I've done kind of like Prince was saying, I better shut up before Sony sends their their CIA after me. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> like they did him. Um, but um, but yeah, man, so musically, I guess the long answer is it's always been a part and it will always continue to be a part. And um, right now I got a, a rock record. That's kind of like a, a, a Euro rock, kind of like the struts, something like that. Um, that's, that's done. And it's ready to ready to rock and roll. Um, I'm just waiting, you know, when, and if this dance capades, electroland thing starts to die a little bit, then I'm going to, you know, I'm just letting this one do its thing. So that one's ready. And then I have a blues country record because I've been doing everything out of Nashville. So I got that come that, that's that's next. And then I'm working with one of the guys from from Newsies, OG, OG Banks. I'm working with him on his new single that we're going to drop in September. I got this other girl, Sugar Wolf, that that I've been in groups with when we were kids way back in the day that I'm dropping a single on her. This other dude, Mysterious, dude, it's crazy. It's crazy. And And all this stuff, within four years whereas you look on my resume because you were looking at it i could see that you were looking at it. of course <laughs> but, there's no secrets all, here <laughs> <laughs> but all this stuff dude happened in this four year span whereas i had that eight years nine years whatever years it was eight to ten let's just say i did one album and two videos that's it i've done over 10 videos I've done over three completed albums. I've worked with three different artists. And, and this is only within this four years. So it's just like, yo, man, I'm ready. So that's why I was like, yo, OG was actually the one that hooked me up with my new manager. And he was like, yo, I got a perfect person for you for managing. You want to get back to the acting? I was like, yeah, man. He was like, I got it. Do me this record. I'll, I'll give you the connect to this manager. And I was like, done. <laughs> like done and, she, and she's she's the best she's the best 11 7 11 7 11 7 artist man she's the best denicia channel she's the best but anyway man i'm sorry I, like i said i go on tangents i talk that's my thing but uh, bro, <laughs> this is the platform for that so it's perfect so 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 i feel like i feel like we've got the there's kind of like three distinct chapters here we've got the the acting that that we've spoken about 
we've got the the music where we've spoken about and now we've got the chapter of what's next so the the music is going to continue like you said and now acting is is coming coming back so what what are you hoping for like acting wise or do you have anything lined up or what's the situation yeah I'm, i'm currently auditioning um, I just read for um, for a film that I have a really good chance at at, um, at, at booking, where it, where it involves me musically and and acting. Um, I'm, I'm a I'm a songwriter. I can't really give too much away. Um, I haven't booked it yet, but like I said, I I feel like this is something that was given to me at the right time. I'm, I've, I've been back and forth to Nashville. I'm buying a home in Nashville. The movie takes place in Nashville. It's about a singer songwriter. It's kind of like a Billy Ray Cyrus meets a, a, a Miley Cyrus kind of play off of a story. Um, something, something similar to that. And that's all I, I think I could be able to say, but um, so, you know, within that, if I book that, you know, it is what it is. And we, we do that and it combines the music. Yeah. Thank you, man. And then um I'm just constantly going to be auditioning. You know what I mean? I have a new photo shoot um, set on the 12th that I got to go and get new photos. Um, You know, I just started back working out. So I'm going to shed the baby fat. (laughs) You can have baby fat at 44, can't you? For sure. Always. Absolutely. Always. (laughs) I like the way you think, Simon. We're going to have to have more chats. (laughs) For sure. Anytime. Um, so, so So you're back in, in the auditioning that's mm-hmm. awesome. Hopefully you do you do book that uh, that movie. I mean, do you have a preference between like movies or or TV or is just, you know, whatever the opportunities, you know, that you're drawn to? I mean, if I had my choice, I would do something um such as this audition that I just auditioned for where it combines the music with the acting, you know. Um TV is TV is a different, different beast. It's, there's, it's expedited. You know what I mean? It's, is that the right word? Right. It's quickly. Yeah. Speed's quick. Yeah. Quick. Yeah. So, so so that's TV, right? It's, it's quick. Uh, Movie is, um, even though it's, it's less time, it seems like, but you have more freedom to to dive in and to explore the character and more freedom to to kind of uh, just d- become the character a little bit more. Whereas TV is very specific. You know what I mean? Um, but I mean, now it, it seems as though because I'm watching a lot of Netflix and, and, and the Hulu and the Apple Plus and all these series, these series actually look like movies. Mm-hmm. And they're just chopping them up into episodes. So I'm like, you know, I haven't booked any of the Netflix stuff yet because I just started. Netflix just started up a couple of years ago where it was like super hot now. So it's like, I'm curious to see how those are run. Are they run like network TV shows where there's a budget and there's a time and you got to hurry up and you got to get it, you got to go, got to go. Or is it more lackadaisical like the films where it's just like develop the character, become the character. Yes, we can do it this way. Hey, let's go, you know. So we'll see. But those are the two differences of, of, um, of um approaches when it comes to to that um and i honestly would prefer filmmaking because of that approach because it's more it's more um i'm gonna bring out i'm gonna bring out the other side of me here see it's more it's more sensitive it's more it's more feeling it's more engaging like character like becoming you know what i mean um 
But I guess, like I said, I, I haven't done any Netflix stuff yet. And I've noticed a lot of those are, are kind of movie um, examples. So anyway, yeah. Well, I'm super excited to see, you know, whatever is, you know, going to come forward. I mean, where I'll put the links below, but where is the best place for people to be able to keep up to date with what you've got coming out, like musically and, you know, acting wise and, you know, just in general? Well, and here's the other thing. I was just starting out to have one page and be done with it. The scooter page, just the one page. I was going to use scooter page coming back into acting and just have that, right? And have that be my name. I already have all this information on scooter page that's been over the years. So like why reinvent the wheel? And then like my manager was telling me, but no, all of your acting stuff is under your real name. And we're going into the acting world. Scooter page is super eccentric. Like he, he says what he does and does what he says and doesn't care, take numbers about it. Like he doesn't care. Like he has his own opinions about everything. Scott Caudell, the actors aren't supposed to have opinions. You got to bring that down a little bit. You got to be a little bit more normal and be, and be approachable. And I was like, what? It's like, all right. So basically, so I'm, I'm saying all this to say I have two separate ways of getting in contact or following. Should you think my music is too eccentric and it doesn't make your body move or feel good or your head spin or anything like that that you like to do? Doesn't make you bang your head, bop it, do whatever you got to do. If it doesn't make you do that and you're not interested in Scooter Page, you can channel on over to Scott A.B. Cadell, and that's on Instagram at Scott A.B. Cadell, or musically is um, at Scooter Page Artistry. And there's a whole website at Scooter Page, or excuse me, it's not at, ScooterPageArtistry.com is that. Um, so th- there you have it. And then, of course, you can let Google do the do your thinking for you and type in the names, and then, then I'm sure stuff would pop up, and you can kind of <laughs> go from there. But but yeah, go to, go to Instagram. I'm, I'm posting, and I think that's how you found me, right, mm-hmm. was yep. was the, the Scooter Page, or, or not scooter page it was scott ab cardell yeah 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 you dm'd me there right yeah your or your email was on there and uh i was yeah i was super happy to see you on there (laughs) yeah see you never would have found me any other way so so manager you're right look at you go ahead tanisha i'll give you props you're right she's right (laughs) but yeah so so all the acting stuff is at scott ab cardell and that's on and then instagram and i'm posting um I work with a, a marketing team and we're, we're posting like um, throwback Thursdays and flashback Fridays of like all the different stuff that I've done, like just different behind the scenes um, photos or old headshots or whatever. And then when I start booking again, then we'll, you know, we'll, we'll, you know, bring in some of the, some of the new stuff, but, um, but it's a cool follow. It's a fun follow. Go ahead and follow me. And, you know, and if you're interested in checking out um, Scooter Page, he's a wild dude. Um, check him out. Scooter Page, um, Scooter Page Artistry. It, so, it yeah. is it is a great follow um it's all of the links for everything you've just mentioned that all will be below so check all of that stuff out because yeah it's it's awesome and i think like these podcast episodes what's so great about them is it's like like people are a fan of you from what they've seen on the screen but now like you know me <laughs> included yeah it's like I feel like I know you and I feel like I've heard you know I've been with you through this journey even though I've only just heard about it but I feel like right. I have now and so it's like I just want to see you win and succeed and uh which I'm sure you're going to oh, I just want to watch it 
you know develop so everybody go onto the instagram onto all of the pages and then let's enjoy watching that journey you know yo i appreciate that man simon you you you're you're a real cool dude man you're you're the best and and uh i appreciate you as much as you you appreciate me i appreciate you and that's genuine i'm not just saying that to be phony hollywood bullshit and i'm actually honestly telling you i appreciate you like having this conversation with you has been a it's been a great trip down memory lane you know and now we're present and man like i said i'm gonna send you some plane tickets bro and come on out to shows or when i'm out in london doing shows or maybe i'm doing a doing a film or whatever like i got your back like you're always gonna be there man because i i actually genuinely feel you like you're really a cool cat you know and and um to follow three ninjas the way that you do man and really dig it like that is just like yo that's awesome so so yeah that's that's incredibly humbling thank you very much and yeah i fully appreciate everything that you put into it and like like i said like the three ninja movies are just so like close to my heart from my from my childhood and will continue to live on for decades and years years and years to come and uh and i'm sure what you go on to to do next as well will will continue to have that effect so sincerely thank you so much uh for your time and uh yeah hopefully we can do this again at some point uh, we, we're gonna bring on uh kate is gonna come back at some point to do a second oh. a second part so maybe one at some point we can and she's gonna try and bring max uh, okay. so at some point maybe we could do like a little an online reunion with you know with you and behar and kate and that would be Max sick and- actually behar we just got back connected like uh we were dming so so and that's all because of your podcast so that's all you man this is that's because of you honestly that's exactly what happened because you hit me up and you and then you mentioned that hey i'm gonna be doing with behar i was like what oh dang and then I was like well let my fingers do the talking let me just go through and I, and I looked for him and I found him and and I dm'd him and he hit me back I was like yo what and I was like yeah dude what's up dude yeah. <laughs> so so yeah that's all because of you man so wow that's amazing that's so cool yeah. that's so cool uh, that's dude, if you can get this tv show on air and that is because of you like dude you like you one of the producers for sure <laughs> definitely one of the producers Kate talk to martha and them we're gonna get this thing going <laughs> hit me up hit me up okay let's get this thing rolling i got some connects yeah. let's get this rolling there Come i'm on. sure i bet if <laughs> i bet if we could put out a petition where fans could sign it to be like to make this happen i bet we could get you know hundreds of thousands if not like you know a million signatures and i bet that oh, yeah. you know to show that oh, there's yeah. an audience for it you know yep Especially now, like what's crazy, man, is I don't know if they just and you would you would know better than me. I don't know if they re-released it or re or did some extra special something or other or whatever, but the most random stuff keeps happening. Like people are just like, yo, man, three ninjas, you are you are you are you I was like, is it playing a lot? Like, what well, why all of a sudden I'm getting the three ninja bug and my hair is freaking like this like long and straggly and out of control because i'm growing my hair by the way because i'm doing the whole the whole like hum thing that with, with the rock thing like the organic thing like i'm gonna do this whole look you know what i mean until i book a roll and i gotta cut it all off probably but, <laughs> or but uh, just sh- that's or why my hair to just shave the front 
Or they shave the front. Right, right. That's what they do. It's, it's the business. It is what it is. It all grows back. Thankfully, I, it grows back because there could be a problem where it don't grow back. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> think, I think Free Ninjas is, uh, I think it streams on Hulu. We don't have Hulu here, but I think, I think Kate said it streams oh. there. But I also think it's a generational thing because everything in the 90s is like fashionable again now. But also, oh, like true. you said, yeah. people that were watching it when they when they were kids are now having kids so then they're introducing it to their kids and the cycle sort of continues so but i mean eventually if they ever i don't know if it would but uh if it ever got moved on to disney plus i think the streams would go crazy well while disney um they they own the first one it's a walt disney movie yeah kate was saying that uh that martha owns the rights and that's kind of a, a crazy oh, thing because that so never happens a touchy now. subject there because walt disney was the distributor there you go they distributed the first one that's it because yeah. i because i remember seeing the <laughs> like the whole the, you know the walt disney thing that happens i remember seeing that so I, I know that but okay they could be the distributor okay well martha's holding on to that she's like i'm not giving up this i'm not giving up these gold bars right here this ain't happening well then martha what you need to do is put some of them gold bars back into your gold bars and and get get this thing going. Look at Cobra Kai. You know the industry is a bunch of everybody doing the same thing. So hey, it's already happening, Martha. Let's just make it happen. <laughs> just bring it all back, like they're bringing everything back. Let's just go. Let's recycle. <laughs> there's definitely there's definitely a space for it. So I think I think it could happen. Who knows? I agree, Who knows? man. And you but, said your son is six months? Six months, yeah. And and if you don't mind me asking, how old are you? 33. 33. So yeah, 33. Okay. So so from what what would you say? So from like 28 to 38 is the Yeah. I mean, I was no, so, I was five. A, I was five when it big, came huh? out. Um and so I was uh but then but then it come, goes on to video and whatever so it's probably like five six so i'd say anyone from about that sort of age yeah five to maybe like i don't know even for about 14 probably absolutely loved it um because it was like the mix i didn't want to let their friends know <laughs> yeah but <laughs> we all have those movies uh but they're <laughs> I think there's it was like the mixture of it being like it was sort of like Home Alone mixed with like sort of I'd like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles maybe you right, know it's kind right, of with right. all of the like the martial arts and everything so it kind of it was just perfect blend um yeah. yeah I think they planned that to be honest with you because those references I think I've heard those before and that's exactly what that film is it's the Home Alone meets it meets Ninja Turtles. It's got that action of that, but, but it's got the crazy of the Home Alone. It's just like it's just, you know, that's yeah. I wonder if, if that's kind of does it say that somewhere? Because it says it on the that. box. Yeah, yeah. Oh God, there you go. Okay, well there you go. I was like, wait a second, you're brilliant, man. You need to. This is your profession. You need to go into marketing the ads because that was brilliant description. <laughs> Holy crap! Yeah, so I was that's just on the stealing. box for real. I was just stealing the box. the box. Yeah, I have. Oh my God. I have the box here. <laughs> I have it here. Oh, uh, dude! Yeah, it, oh, look at it, that, that, that. it says crosses crosses Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Home Alone right there on the box. 
Oh my gosh. I was like, yo, that's got a ring to it. Like, you're good, Simon. <laughs> I think maybe one more. Uh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> nice. It's not, it's not written on there, but uh, yeah. That's but... awesome, dude. <laughs> I don't oh have gosh. anything else. I love it. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, this was this was amazing. I I fully uh, it was an absolute honor. So everyone, go check out uh, Scott everywhere, and thank you for your time. Absolutely, Simon. Thank you. <laughs>